this crazy world we live in, when people use the word geek, it can create certain impressions. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream. Let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype. I'm your super dummy Paul. This is Geek. My name is Chase Black. You, if anybody knows me at all, it would be from uh, Twitter. My handle there is uh, I can comment on comics, and that is pretty much the only place anyone would know me. <laughs> uh, I just jump in and out of conversations on Twitter and just leave my own little comments because why not? I, I like talking about comic books, and uh, Twitter comic book community is pretty uh, welf- welcoming. I mean. I only joined it once the pandemic started because I didn't have anybody to talk to about comics. My wife doesn't care about it at all. So uh, I got on there and, it's, you know, um, there's definitely some toxic areas of it, but I have found, um, you know, a group of people at least that I get along with every day. And like I said, I've only been doing it for a year and I just hit over 700 followers, which is wild to me. I know it's not a lot, but to me, just some guy and a small town in West Virginia talking about comic books. It's amazing that people want to actually see what I say. Um, I mean, outside of geeky interest, which would be, um, I mean, definitely comics. I mean, I got so many like nerdy type interests. I'm really into, I mean, I read other than comics. I love novels. I love uh, sci-fi novels. Um, I was a huge fan of fantasy novels of like the uh, Dragonlance series. Um, it's a Dungeons and Dragons series. Even though I've never played Dungeons and Dragons in my life, I have read their novels since I was a child. <laughs> I've never played the game, but I love the Dragonlance series. Uh, Stephen King, Dark Tower series is great. Um, I love Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff too. Um, ever since I was a child, I've been obsessed with like close-up magic. So I've slowly taught myself sleight of hand magic through the years which i never do for anybody but myself it's just something i like to know how to do <laughs> um but that's one that's again that's another geeky interest um i love movies i love television cooking uh if i had a true passion in the world that wasn't um comic or related in some nerdy way it'd definitely be cooking uh I have worked when I was in high school, a junior in high school, I was the manager of a restaurant. Like I just, uh, cooking just speaks to me. I know I just understand it. I understand flavors and putting things together, the timing of it. I just love the whole process. You plan it out. You time this, you time that, you get it all done at the exact same time. It's just, to me, it's just like a dance and, uh, I love it. Um, another one, uh, not so much anymore in my life, but I used to be really big into dance. I did dance for nine years uh, whenever I went through. You think middle school would be like the time that you don't want to do risky things that you get made fun of a lot. <laughs> but uh, I didn't stop on me. I, uh, other than being just, I kind of, middle school time, I did kind of drop comics and stuff a bit because you're so worried about yourself and about fitting, you know, just not getting too made fun of and I wasn't helping myself at all I uh was in the, I joined the band because I love music and I wanted to learn how to read music and do that and I loved uh I always thought it was weird that we got made fun of for liking dancing like I don't know how it is in England but around here uh men don't dance 
like you get made fun of, especially in this area. So I always thought it was so weird because I really enjoyed it. So my sister was in dance class and uh, they needed boys. So I just decided to do it. And uh, I did it all the way through middle school and through high school. I ended up joining choir, ended up joining show choir because my dancing and stuff and uh, went to, you know, a bunch of competitions, a lot of fun. But not on top of that, also did sports. I played football for a while. I wrestled. I love wrestling. Wrestling was so much fun. Soccer. I loved playing soccer. Nothing put me in better shape. I guess football for you, soccer for me. It was, uh, I, I mean, as a small fat kid, man, running up and down <laughs> that soccer field, really, the first couple of times I was not ready for that. But, uh, <laughs> but it was a blast. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I quit football because of soccer. I loved it so much. I was a defender. I had one play I ran down. I got a header. That was like the most exciting thing in my life at the time. Um, I love sports, uh, basketball, football. Um, today starts uh, NFL kickoff. So I'm very excited about that to get into. My uh, wife is also a huge football fan. So we really get into that. Um, college football in West Virginia is very important because we have no professional teams in the state of West Virginia. So we cling to our college teams. So there's a lot of support for colleges around here, especially college sports, college athletics. Um, so it's it's the time of season right now for me. Like sports is starting up. Uh, it's starting to get cold outside because it's going to hit fall soon. Like this is my time. This is when I thrive. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I got nothing but great comic books coming out right now. So I just keep, I have no reason to not just love what's going on right now. Wow. You you do have a lot of interest, blimey. I, I, I like to say that I um I don't know what's wrong with me. I'll start liking something, then I will hyper-focus on that thing, and I'll learn as much of it as I can, really enjoy it for a couple months, then boom, onto something else, and then I'll hyper-focus onto that. Like, I don't know, I really got into carpentry a couple years ago. I, started, I bought a table saw and a Dremel and I started building things. <laughs> and, uh, like, it's just anything and everything that can, that I know I can do. Like, I see it and I know I can do it. Or I see something I know I'm going to like that. So I just immerse myself into it. <laughs> and uh, then I just retain all the knowledge and go back to it whenever I want. Like, like, right now I'm really, really digging into, like, reading comics, going back and reading old comics that I have and stuff. And I know here in like a couple of months, I'll do that with my novels. I'll go back to my bookshelf and just start pouring through novels again, or I'll start drawing. My brother is a professional artist. He went to art school, all that stuff. So um, every once in a while, me and him will just get in like drawing competitions with each other, which I'll lose every time. But, it, but me sending him pictures drives him to want to create more stuff. So I'll start drawing things for like a couple of months, even though I'm not great at it. <laughs> it's just whatever piques my interest at the time, I will do it. I bought, I got a shelf covered in sleight of hand magic books just to teach myself how to do something that I'd never show anybody. Like, <laughs> it's like a hidden nerdy thing. Like, people can't know I love magic. But, like, I can shake my foot and make my shoelaces tie. Or I can, like, make a car disappear on my hand. But no one, no one knows. <laughs> like, so we're, we're not going to see you on America's Got Talent anytime soon. No, because it's... The America's got mediocre talent. <laughs> like he has enough talent that he learned that he could do it, and then he stopped. <laughs> like, like prove myself, I can do it. On to something else. Like, or I'll get on a writing kick. 
I'll write stories and throw them away. I'm gonna write a story and throw it away for no reason, just because I had to get it out of my head. <laughs> that's that, I decided I want to learn bass guitar once, and I spent two years trying to teach myself how to play bass. I don't know why. I'm not great at it, <laughs> but uh, I knew how to read music, so I thought, I'm gonna learn how to play something. Oh, languages. I like languages a lot too, and dialects. I don't know why, but I will study languages and dialects. <laughs> like, because I think it's interesting in movies where, like, you know, someone's speaking in, let's say, a British accent, but but you can tell what region someone's from just from the dialect in their accent, you know? So they always thought it was dumb in movies where they could, like, just hear someone talking and they don't know exactly where they're from. Like, because you can, in the same Western, like, in the South, you can probably hear like the long draws and stuff I have that I don't mean I do, but it's because my tongue is low in my mouth and it's how it comes out, like stuff like that, learning tongue placement and that's how dialects and sounds come from different regions, stuff like that. See, things like that, just I weird out about, <laughs> geek out about things like that, I guess. <laughs> that's brilliant. You'll be great at a quiz. <laughs> I used to be a, um, when I was in college, there was a radio show right beside the restaurant that I worked at. And uh, every Friday they would have a, um, a nerd quiz day. And every, after that, they'd come for lunch and I'd always make fun of them for missing all these questions. So they eventually just started having me come in every Friday and I was the secret weapon. <laughs> and like, but it was like any nerd culture. It was movies, it was TV, it was comics, it was music. But uh it was so funny. They'd get so mad, like, because at the end, they'd have, like, two questions, right? I'd have, like, eight questions, right? <laughs> like, just because I just retain ridiculous stuff. And if I don't, my younger brother does. So I always call him. We share everything. Like, my comic book collection is a joint comic book collection over the years that we just pass back and forth. Like, I don't know what's in my boxes and what's in his boxes. We got to call each other <laughs> if we're looking for something. Like, if it's not in my head, it's in his head. He is the other extension of me. We, we're good at trivia, so team trivia things. <laughs> it's, uh, him and actually, um, he lives in a, it's a duplex in a parent's own. It's two one-bedroom apartments, like one on top of the other. And we call them adult bunk beds. And uh, our, one of our best friends, Paul, who we also trade comics with, he was uh, my roommate in college. And uh, we just, so we got really close during all that with trading comics too. So now it's, Either one of their apartments or my house. It's like a triangle of where our stuff is. Like we just always got just call everyone so I can't find it. Like you have it, but call Paul. All right, call Paul. And it turns out it was in the back of my box. I just was too lazy to look that far. <laughs> like a lot of comics are just covered in or in the bags you got from the store, just one of our names scribbled on it. So we know, okay, that goes back to Paul. I've had that bag for two years of Paul's comics. I'll get it back to him eventually. <laughs> I mean, I gave him a bag, yes, uh, two days ago. I went over to his house and gave him a stack. I gave him the other history of DC because he didn't get that. And I loved that comic. It was so good. And uh, he was giving me his birthrights and his X-Men. He he collects X-Men from beginning to end. He has them either in singles or in compendium or in trade, but he has the whole beginning of X-Men all the way to current. So I've been getting those from him for the past couple of years. I'm in 2018 right now. I'm, I'm making my way up, you know, I've almost caught up to, <laughs> to it. But so as far as comic books, superheroes, um, I, I always um, try to pinpoint my grandmother or my father. I don't know which one. My grandmother, who's from uh, Long Island, New York, 
loves Wonder Woman. Like her hero is Wonder Woman my whole life. She has a shrine of Wonder Woman, like in her house. Um, she actually just my uh, just a couple years, about a year and a half ago, my grandfather died. So actually, she lives in three places now. Each of her kids bought a little condo for her to stay in near their houses, and in each house has a Wonder Woman shrine in it. But she has so much Wonder Woman stuff. Like over the years, we just buy. Like if we don't buy it for her, she will buy it for herself. <laughs> and uh, so I like to say her. My dad is uh, obviously her son, so uh, maybe she's what imprinted on him. But he would take us to comic book stores. My older brother, put it in perspective. I'm I was born in '83, so um, my brother was super into sports. So dad would always take him to the sports card store, and that offshooted in the 90s to sports and comic books so we go to the sports card store the back of it had the ninja turtles arcade game so me and my younger brother would hit that and we'd play that until he was done looking at sports cards and so dad eventually told us he would allow us to get one comic every time we were there and that just started rolling and then image came out and then my dad had to have like every image comic so i think he used us as an excuse to have to go to the comic book stores after that um because you know, uh, in his room, he just started getting a stack. All the Death of Supermans, all the uh, Savage Dragons. Like, he's just getting, you know, just as much. And uh, so I'd say comic books and uh, comic books, my grandma, father. Fantasy novels, my grandmother, 100%. She is the one who got me into Dragonlance. She is the one who got us into Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit when we were younger. Um she just uh, whenever the first Lord of the Rings came out, she saw it before me and my brother did. And she came out of the theater, called us, or no, we had to go help her or something. And she asked if we'd seen it yet. We hadn't. So she made us drive her back to the theater to see it again. <laughs> she loved it. Um, my love, of, I, in the last little segment there, I didn't even talk about music. Um, I love music. Um, music is a huge part of my life. And that's from my father. My father, anytime you're in the car, who sings this? Hey, who's this? What, what's this? Hey, what instrument's that? Hey, whose voice is this? Who's that background vocalist? Like, he just quizzed you constantly on what music was on the radio. Constantly. And uh, it was very important that we knew the big uh, British bands. We had the new Led Zeppelin. We had the new Black Sabbath. Like, we had to, like, he uh, got us really into rock music super early. And then as a um, middle school age, that turned into punk music for me. And, uh, shortly after my younger brother too and we were huge into punk music i still love punk music i still listen to it every day i love it but uh the um the angst of me is out of it you know like it doesn't get me going like it used to but i still love it i love i love the percussion of it i love the uh ever use guitar riffs i love the um grungy sound of it i love the anti-government aspect of it it's just i just don't have all the angst in me to get out and you know, like do anything about it really anymore, but I'm with them 100%. <laughs> like, I think a lot of my outlook on the world uh, comes from a lot of uh, punk music in the sense of, uh, you know, whenever rap was starting out, they couldn't get shows anywhere, but uh, punk shows, punk, reggae, how you got ska, you got uh, punk, reggae, rap, all playing the same shows in New York because no one wanted uh, rappers there except punk would accept anybody in anything which would bite him in the ass sometimes but um a lot of the old punk shows the clash's second album is pretty much a hip-hop album for as much as he became friends in new york with uh rappers and stuff you know and um so 
and you hear a lot of old, especially 80s, 70s, 80s uh, punk is so much about civil rights and so much about inequalities. And uh, growing up and listening to stuff like that, it's hard not to let it, you know, kind of form your way of thinking of realizing, especially growing up, I went to a, um, a I'm in a, a Southern, I'm in West Virginia, all white schools, elementary, middle, high school, like, uh, but my dad, sorry, my dad and my grandparents made it very important that we knew about uh, racial inequalities and we knew about treating everybody equally. They would have, a, uh, my grandfather would have dinner with his employees and, you know, it'd be all races and stuff there. And we learned how to, uh, that there's no, nothing different about anybody and that we're all the same and that you should treat everybody a certain way. Drilled that into our heads. And, um, uh, I tend to think that a lot of like popular music and stuff like that, uh, that was playing radio friendly music to me, pushed the racial gap, like widen the racial gap more, whereas like more underground uh, music tried to bring it together to me. And that's just, um, uh, so music was a huge thing to me growing up, especially still now, but I listen to all types. I'm not just, uh, I don't just listen to punk. I literally listen to all types of music. I, I feel like, if a genre exists, that means there's at least one person doing it right. So if you find that person, you're going to like that genre, or you're going to at least like that artist. So there's, I doubt very highly there's a genre of music that I don't like something. Because playing by the numbers, it's just got to happen. So there's going to be a beat you like. There's going to be a key change that catches your ear. There's going to be something. Um, so music uh, drove me for a long time. Um, so like when I did drop comics and stuff for a while music was has always been a driving force behind my geekness <laughs> um because as i'm sitting here talking about music i'm telling you random facts because they're just in my head because i gotta hear these facts and i gotta hold on to them and i gotta blurt them out when no one wants to know here <laughs> you know like um so that's so i guess i would say in a very, very long-winded way that my geekdom has been for as long as I can remember. Um, sports, sports. Uh, my dad really tried to drive it into me, but it wasn't until late high school that I really started getting into like football. Basketball, I was into for a while, but you can't grow up in the 90s and not be, in, be into basketball. I mean, it's, and that's, an, you know what? I'm going to go off on a tiny little thing again. Um, you can't grow up in the 90s. I don't know how you grew up in the 90s as a child, and ha and are overly racist about things because all of your heroes growing up were black athletes, black musicians. I mean, black television stars, Fresh Prince was the biggest thing. Uh, Family Matters, Steve Urkel, like it, it blows my mind that <laughs> that it's still such a thing because uh, you know you grow up and uh, in the '90s there was the LA riots um, from Rodney King. And but that Florida, and then there's the Florida riots too. And you look at that on the screen, you see all this happening, and you realize that a lot of the people that are on the wrong side look like me. And maybe there's something wrong with that. <laughs> like so when people were like, you know, pushing racial agendas and stuff, my head was trying to like because of what I do, I overanalyze and overanalyze. And so I came to the conclusion of who was wrong and who was right and I've stuck to that my entire life but I just don't know how you grow up watching it on the tv and seeing it and idolizing Bo Jackson Michael Jordan and you still have like 
racial thoughts towards these people. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And even, even off of Black, let's get, uh, Jackie Chan is one of my heroes, man. <laughs> like, I grew up loving uh, Kung Fu cinema and stuff. Like, uh, I just don't get it. I don't, Jim Lee, I always say he illustrated my childhood <laughs> because I just love Jim Lee so much. Like, I just don't know how you can have these heroes growing up and and think badly towards other people who look like them. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And that's, wow, how is that where I went from asking me about geekiness? <laughs> um, well, I did say go wherever it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, another, I guess I can say another geeky thing me is, can be politics sometimes. I really get into the uh, history in general. So politics come hand in hand with history. I like, I like going to historical places, um, forts, stuff like that, learn about the histories of towns and cities. If I go somewhere that has a museum, I want to go there. Like, I just want to, I just absorb knowledge. I don't use it for anything, but I absorb it and I spit it out at people. <laughs> like, just, I just, like, it's easy to comment on comics when I can't control my commenting anyway. <laughs> at least now I have something to gear it toward, a focus instead of screaming into the wind, a random fact. <laughs> So what you said you you had a period there where you kind of um, fell out of comics for a bit. What what brought that along? Uh, I want to say it was um, just life. I started, um, you know, I was in middle school. I uh, I stopped reading comics, but I started writing a comic in the school newspaper I, in sixth grade. I, I decided that I wanted to see if I could write. I told you I write things for way. I I just. Uh, and so I made a couple comics and they got, uh, so I was doing that in the school newspaper. I joined the band. I was playing football, I was playing basketball and just, uh, it just fell out. And um, I probably fell out of comics between, I would say between 97 to 99. Like it's just a couple years there, 90, maybe it's right at 2000. But a couple years of really good stuff came out. And I had to go back. Like uh, during that time, uh, during that time, Starman came out. You know, Starman started in 99, I think, or 98. And uh, right when I got back in comics, that was the very first comic I went and bought because everyone just kept talking about how good it was. <laughs> and it just became one of my favorite comics of all time. Um, for a while, I didn't think James Robinson could do no wrong. It's changed a bit, but I still love James Robinson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I got out of this because I was a middle school kid I mean I was already doing enough things to make people make fun of me uh like I said I was dancing I was in the band um uh Mulder brother was super cool like super cool in like the terms of school cool like he was a jock you know he played football he was big guy I'm 5'11 my brother is 6'4 6'3 big guy he was um wild you know he was one of those party guys who was always up and doing something so I had to um I did not live up to the expectations of him so uh that against me too I already had enough people making fun of me about that including him so like just so much stuff <laughs> um made me think well maybe I should hold off on this for a bit to where I can at least have some friends going through this <laughs> and, uh, um but middle school is also where I became very self-aware of myself. And uh, I know 
people hit it different times in their life. A lot of people hit it really late in life. But in middle school, I realized, once again, looking around, overanalyzing everything that's going on around me and realizing that none of it really um, socially mattered. So I really stopped caring as it went about what people's perception was of me. So around like 99, 2000 was really when that really hit. And I just didn't care anymore, like of what people thought of me. Uh, like I said, I was doing the dancing stuff still. I got called gay all the time. And I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, it because I don't care. At least it's being directed at me and not towards somebody who would actually hurt, you know? So, uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, but that's mostly why I stopped because I just had enough things going against me. I was a fat kid too, you know? Um, so I grew up with facial hair when I was in seventh grade. So it was weird too. <laughs> like, but like I said, that's when um, punk music took really big into me. And that was also another way of overanalyzing everything going on, listening to stuff that's, um, you know, when you're in like West Virginia or something like that, you're in a, bit, you're in a bubble. You don't really know what's going on with the world around you. And uh, music opened up the world around me. Um, through music, then movies did. I got really into independent movies, um, forward movies, uh, things that made me think. My dad is huge into history as well. So all we did was watch documentaries, documentaries and cooking shows. Uh, in the 90s, my dad decided he wanted to learn how to cook. So my mom taught him how to cook, and I was there too. And I think that's where cooking started for me. And they found out that I uh, was really good with, um, had a really good palate. I could tell they need things needed stuff. So I became the taster of the house. Anytime mom and dad were cooking, taste this, what's it need, Chase? And that just drove me to where when I was 15, I started a program to go to culinary school. And then that felt through and I didn't do it. Um, mostly because people who had went through the program, I talked to and hated every aspect of their life. And I thought, maybe I don't want to do this. And then I regretted it. So, and then I started working in restaurants and I run rest. I got a management, a business degree. I was a couple of years on a literature degree, I didn't finish. And I used that business degree to start running restaurants and making more money than I did before I had the degree. <laughs> like, because like I said, I was, I was a manager of a restaurant when I was in high school. I used to skip school for a week to run the restaurant because the owner was coming out of town. Like, <laughs> like, like I was always um, more into working and finding out who I was than I was caring about education because I was learning my own education. I didn't, like what I was learning at school didn't seem so important to me. When I went to college, I really wish that I would have paid attention and did better grades and stuff because I paid for every bit of my college, which I graduated with a 3.8 GPA. Like, so it's not like I was dumb. I just didn't care in high school, like at all. I just thought it was a waste of my time. And it, it wasn't, you know, like, Yes, I was learning things on my own, but I definitely could have learned a lot of better stuff in school if I would have paid more attention. Like, just, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's what it is. It's interesting that you, for a lot of things, you do seem to have, for want of a better phrase, that doesn't sound quite so insulting. You have a short attention span <laughs> to stuff. But <laughs> yeah. comics and music have always, have kind of stuck through. Do you think it's because they both have a wide range within them that you can keep finding little bits? Uh, see, I think you uh, you nailed something there. Yeah, I think it's because they, um, like my brain, genres trail off into different paths and I can follow them, you know? Like, if you can tell while I'm talking, I'll go off in different ways and forget where I was going. And music, I can do that too. You know, you like punk music, there's so many different offshoots and genres of punk music. You like um, 
rock music, then you have to immediately start, like I said, at Zeppelin and Sabbath, because from there, if you were looking at a diagram, those would be the two, and then there would be tons of just offshoots from those two of what they created and stuff like that really gets my mind going, and then I'll just learn it and learn it and learn it. Same with history. You can go through history things and keep unraveling and unraveling, and that's fun for me. Like I just really like research, I guess. That's a weird thing, but I just like learning random things or understanding how things work or understanding how things came to be. That's a huge thing for me. I, um, I think a lot of people's complaints can be, done, be debunked real fast by understanding where it came from. Like, <sighs> yeah. But yeah, attention span, small. You're right. <laughs> I always wonder if maybe I was ADD and never got diagnosed <laughs> because it is kind of like how my, how my brain goes. But I got to tell you, I kind of love it. Um, I think my wife hates it every once in a while because I'll go, I'll go into a room to get something and be like, oh, that needs done. I just walk over, start doing that, and she'll be like, "Where's my coke you were supposed to get me?" <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, but here's a table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I built this table for you. <laughs> you can step a drink on it. <laughs> like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just how how it all goes, and I just take it all in. I love it. Um, I think I said uh, my father was big on history. History Channel constantly. Food Network. Um, I don't know if you remember this. It's these two old ladies called Two Fat Ladies, and they had a cooking show. Um, and they're they're some kind of foreign. <laughs> they weren't from America. They're British or Scottish or something. They're great. I uh, that was like one of our first shows that me and my dad got super into together. <laughs> Just watching two old fat ladies cook <laughs> like by the shore, and it was great. They used lard and everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, where I always, where I said languages, I think food is another language to me. Like you go to different countries, each country has their own cuisine. It's a different language. So you learn that like, oh, they use these spices. They use these uh, ingredients over here. Whereas we use these ingredients. To me, that's just like different pronunciations, different places. Like it just, it, it, it's all a uh, puzzle that I put together in my head. This sounds crazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, food's another language to me. I don't know why. I just, I, I hear it. I see it. I taste it. I dissect it. I, I, I learn how they eat, how they each speak, how they each go. And then I uh, put it together for a delicious conversation. It makes me, uh, I laugh sometimes. I always comes back to magic. I, it makes me laugh how much, how many hours and years I've put into researching and learning something that like, I think on Twitter, I might have posted like two things, maybe ever, just because I did something so good. Like, I did a pass so good. You did clean. There was no, uh, like, you never saw any flashes. It was just a card change. And I was so proud of it. But as I posted on Twitter, maybe like one person liked it. And that's fine. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just the hours of my, and years of my life that I've dedicated some of these things that I got super interested in and I just don't would never do anything <laughs> with at all. Um, I said growing up, my grandfather had a carpentry company built houses i helped build houses growing up like i have i poured concrete and leveled it i used to my thing used to when i was young all they'd really trust us with was uh putting in all of the insulation and the and just starting to put like just random parts of the walls up or just spackling things like but my whole i've had lived in a house that i haven't changed all the flooring in 
just because it's cheaper for me to do it and I can and it needs done at some point. So like I retain all my knowledge. <laughs> like I just don't use it until I have to. <laughs> my wife gets mad at me because if we go to a restaurant and sit near the kitchen, I'll just sit there and watch and just because I can't turn it off. And I'm like, oh, oh, they're going this way. Oh, man, they should probably think about doing that. Or like, oh, can't do that. Or like, I can just look around and see health code violations everywhere I go. And I just have to, wife's like, don't do it, man. Like, just don't, don't say anything. But, but I can't help it. I'll just be a manager. Like, hey, man, like, I'm not complaining, but that's got mold all over. Like, you need, I mean, I, it's end of the month. I know health department's coming. Like, you need to do something about this. Like, like I just, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't. Uh, put anybody off with I literally try to help and that's the whole thing but my wife gets very embarrassed by that because it's such a stupid thing and you know it's like it doesn't matter in the world but in my head I don't want them to get in trouble for it <laughs> like if there's a way that I could stop them from getting in trouble for something because I like this place and I don't want it to close then I will you know like but it's I, apparently it's very embarrassing and I can see that <laughs> but I won't say the restaurant is like not like you would know it either, but they have a, a a bar and they have a dessert bar. But the desserts obviously look like they got covered with plastic wrap. They obviously got left overnight because when I walked up, there was just like flies in some of the plastic wrap. And I was like, oh, like, and my wife's like, don't do it. But I went and I found the manager and I told him and we continued to, you know, finished our meal, left a half an hour later and all the stuff was still sitting there. And I was like, oh, like, I tried. as far as i I get trash can dump it all in there like i'm not gonna get that far i care about i care about stupid things like that i care about people not looking dumb when they can easily prevent it or uh or people not getting in trouble when something that i can personally just tell them and it fix not like a but never like a this is how you do it like hey man just so you know this stuff is like that you know i don't care about it but someone might you know, like trying to do it as polite as possible, because the last thing I want is try to sound like I'm telling somebody how to do something. But I do like to suggest things if I can. But only about stuff I know about. Only about stuff I know about. I am terrified of speaking up about something I do know about and getting caught on it. In it, you know, like so. You'll never see me comment on a comic if it's one I haven't read or like you're saying. Or I'll never say something's trash, or I won't say nothing's good because it's uh you know it depends on the person, you know. Just because I like don't like something, probably wasn't made for me. I bet this person likes it, you know. Like so, I'm not gonna sit and put down something somebody likes. Um, if you they want to talk about it, then I can. Then you know I'll do like little critiques or something, but I will, I will like drastically try to not make it sound like I'm putting down something they like because I don't want to ruin something for somebody if they're really into it it's just not fun you know I don't want someone to ruin something for me <laughs> you know so I, I to this day I haven't mentioned Spider-Man on Twitter just because I'm afraid <laughs> I'm afraid of what people come at me and say <laughs> like it's it's like apparently a very bad thing to say that you like multiple versions of one character you know like either at this day with all the standing of certain characters and of certain artists and writers, if you don't like that one iteration, then you don't like the character. And that's just, that's just not how I jive. That's just not the way that my mind works. Like, uh, let's see. Like I can say, so the band Green Day, everybody knows the band Green Day. I love the band Green Day. 
in middle school when I started getting into different music and stuff, I hooked to them immediately. I love their first like four or five albums. And then to me, they put out a good bit of trash. And then they put out another really good album. That good bit of trash to me is great for some people. People love those albums. And I'm not going to tell them to their face, like, you know, this was better. It was better when they were, you know, back in the day and stuff. This is the era that you got into the band. Then this is your era. I know I just said it was trash, but always trash to me. But this is the era they got into it. And it's cool because we both like this band. Maybe it's for different reasons, but we both really like this band. And that's cool. And as a fan of that band, there's no problem with saying, I didn't like this aspect of them, but I really loved them back then. I don't like where they went. This new album's really good. Like, it's okay saying you don't like parts of something that you like. Like, you don't have to just 100%, like, all or nothing. And that's why I have a problem with, like, stand culture. Because you can't all 100% all or nothing. Like, I like the character Cyclops. Dude has got a lot of problems in his past, you know? Like, and to sit there and, like, and people call that out. And, you know, that's cool. Because he that those were parts that happened in writing, you know, of him. But he's a fictional character. Stuff changes as it goes, you know, and he's always growing or declining, depending on what's what you're talking about. But uh, just because you like that person, you shouldn't let other people's negative comments about it. Like, so, and, and just because you don't like that person doesn't mean you have to like comment every time you see somebody talking about that person to tell them that their favorite character is trash or their favorite character, you know, left his wife and kid <laughs> because I love said that. And, you know, that's a black mark. <laughs> but <laughs> he has a lot of good at it to me. He has a lot of good at it. Uh, God Loves Man Kills, that comic. Uh, Cyclops in that comic is, to me, one of the best he has ever written. Also, Joss Whedon wrote him well for his problems that he has, you know, that people have with him. He wrote... Cyclops well and you know he wrote Buffy well Buffy was awesome <laughs> uh Firefly was all, I, I love um you know Joss Whedon shows um but you know what there's a um whenever him and his wife were getting divorced she had done an interview where she was telling people how problematic it was and no one listened to her I mean it was like 10 years later when it finally came out you know like so warnings were there because my wife loves Buffy. Um I know that the um they're doing the Musings podcast was doing Buffy every bit. And I would you know have my wife listen to some of them and stuff because she is uh, she can tell you like mention one thing about an episode. She'll tell you the season, the episode, she'll tell you what character said it. Like she can sit there and just quote it. She watches it all the time. And uh when that uh, when his wife said that she keyed in on that too. Like, you know, that's kind of weird. You wouldn't think about that because he's so I mean, all of his characters are really strong female characters. And, you know, he was a huge part for building up femininity and, and nerd culture and stuff. So it's just weird that it was all masked. But, uh, you know, when she, his wife had said that in an interview, my wife's the one who pointed it out to me. And we're like, huh, that's interesting. You wouldn't expect that. And then, you know, a decade later, stuff comes out and you're like, oh, like his wife was telling us right then and there and just, People don't want to believe about, you know, people that uh, creators that they love because they feel like they really know them. But there's a thing about uh, separating him, you know. Like I can still really like Buffy, I can still really like Firefly, and not support 
Joss Whedon, because you, know, you got to think Marty Noxon was a big part of Buffing. So, you know, like there's a lot of other, he just created it, you know, but there's a lot of other people who went into making it. And I'm not going to uh, blackball something that I really love and a lot of people love, a lot of passion just because the creator turned out to kind of be a douchebag. Um, I just won't support things he, the other things he does, you know, if it's solely on him, but it doesn't mean I didn't like the things he did do. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, I'm too much of a realist, I guess, about it. Like I said, just analyze it and I look at it and it's just, I'm not going to condemn the works of some person because they kind of turned out to not be a good person. Like too many people put blood, sweat and tears into all that work. Yeah. Um, Let's face it. If you grew up in the nineties and you're going to discount things because of something <laughs> one person did, you're not going to have a lot left. You, you don't have anything. <laughs> you have no heroes left, man. Like, you know, uh, I mean, even, there's just books that have come out that had like there's things that Stan Lee did that people weren't happy about. Like he was one of my heroes growing up and it's, you know, everybody has something. You heard most people like big back then had something that they're not proud of and uh, people find it eventually. And I guess it's up to the person individually to decide how they're going to take that information. But I don't see the reason for condemning if he wrote a book, you know, strictly just him, you know, no illustrators. If it's just he wrote a novel, yeah, I don't need that. But when you're talking about a television show, when you're talking about a movie, when you're talking about a comic book, you still got editors, you still got illustrators. You know, you still got a lot of people who put effort into that, not just him, which is like why I still like um, uh, Jeff Johns, Ethan Van Skiver, Green Lantern. Um, obviously, there's some problems there, but it was a good run. <laughs> you know, I can't, I don't know what to say. I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean I don't, I uh, actually met Ethan Van Skyver once to get a, my little brother, the artist, loved his Green Lantern art, so he wanted his art book. I was at a convention, so I went to get it from him. And he was like, one of the rudest people I'd ever met in my life, <laughs> I guess is the best way to, as a creator. You know, I get that you're at a convention and there's stuff going on, but like, you know, I went to your booth to buy something specifically from you and he was just like, he didn't even say a word to me. He just kind of handed it to me, took my money and he was just, you know, on about something else. So I remember giving it to my brother and be like, here's your book. Uh, Ethan and Skyver's a dick. <laughs> like, and, and that was the extent of it. Then all that other, you know, then comics and all that stuff starts. And I'm like, yeah, okay. My assessment of him was pretty spot on, but he drew a good Green Lantern. I'll give him that. You're a good Green Lantern. <laughs> I hated his Batman though. He gave him that. He gave him like the Batman shoulder spikes. I can't get on board for that. <laughs> I just don't like it. But you know, so uh, there's a lot of like you said. You can't grow up in the '90s and not have heroes that are going to let you down at some point. I have I have opinions that I don't state normally because who wants to hear them? And I always uh take into the account that people have been hearing from middle-aged white dudes for a while now. So I kind of like to take the back seat. My wife, you know, she is pretty uh, heavy on um, certain topics and she even like speaks at places and stuff. And I support that. And uh, I'm all big in like retweeting, you know, like if, if there's a racial thing coming up, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I'll definitely retweet a black creator or someone of that 
whatever is getting talked about at the time because my voice doesn't need to be heard on it, but I'll definitely project other voices in it because, like I said, middle-aged white dudes in America especially has been heard for a while. <laughs> and uh, even though I think that I'm on the right side in my train of thought, I'm not the one they need to hear it from. Like, so I'm just all about supporting stuff like that, you know? Gatekeeping is always, is a, it's always been a thing. You know, it'll always be a thing in nerd culture, no matter what it is. But gatekeeping in comics has gotten pretty bad lately. Um, it's always about stupid things that don't matter. <laughs> like, people get mad that uh, another character is called Wolverine now, but they've never said a word when they were, like, four flashes at some point. <laughs> you know, like, it's just stupid. They pick, you just pick and choose your uh, what you want to be offended by. And I'm just not about that. <laughs> So I, st- I pretty much stay away from it. I try not to comment on them, even though I think my comment would be a very logical one. <laughs> I just, it's not my place. You know, someone else can handle it. No one wants to hear from me. <laughs> I comment on comics. I don't comment on <laughs> uh, social issues. <laughs> to me, the positive about geek culture is kind of what I said about um, punk music earlier, is that it's all-inclusive. There's something that you like. You just gotta find the genre that uh, of, that you that is for you. I mean, I'll talk as much crap as I do about Comicsgate, but it is a subgenre that they like and that they enjoy. I don't enjoy it, and I really wish they wouldn't try to push their views of what they enjoy on other people. But that's a subgenre that they enjoy. So comics are for them too. Comics are for like you don't like superheroes, great. Well, you like crimes. There's a lot of crime mystery comics out. Um, I mean, back in the way Stan Lee and all them started off was romance comics. There's romance comics galore if you just want a little love in your life, you know? And what sad nerds when you're young don't want just a little bit of love in their life, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, like, there's literally anything you want in any medium. I'm talking, I mean, you yeah, ever talking about comics, but novels, um, movies, shows cartoons and like literally comic uh nerd culture is completely inclusive but the one thing about it that i think would help is if everybody understood that it was inclusive for everyone um you get a lot of people who don't like if there's new fans of something they like and that doesn't make any sense to me because if there's new fans that means there's going to be new content of that character the problem with uh, new content for that character is it'll be more up to date so now people think that it's uh you know they've changed the whole character like well no that character was popular in the 70s and now it's the 2010 so they gotta be up to date you know they're not gonna walk into phone booths anymore so why would we keep that in there like so why would you keep ways of thinking from that in it now um so somebody likes something you like support that they like it they don't like it for the same reason as you do that's fine. There's aspects of that character that you both like. And I guarantee while talking about it, you'll realize there's something in the new rendition that you like and there's something in the old that they like. And it is just going to spread the content. It's just going to spread the stories. It's going to spread. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> it's just so hard to, uh, I don't understand why everyone just, or why people don't want to just enjoy what they enjoy, you know? That's why it's here. It's here to entertain us and to for us to enjoy, to escape. Man, everyone just wants to escape every once in a while. So you crack 
that book open. I can't you put that, uh, you find that song and listen to it. And you just escape because it's what you like. It's for you. So enjoy what you like. Don't let anybody else ruin that for you. Um, I mean, I think it's real shitty if what you like is super misogynistic. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, I guess enjoy it in your home. Just don't force it on other people. Like, I, uh, you know, um, I delve into because I over uh, analyze everything. Like, so say politics, I go to sites and to news for things I don't agree with just because I want to see their way of thinking so I can work around it and see what it is. And it's the same thing with uh, different comic aspects. I'll go back to comic gate again. I've went to their stuff. Like, and when they're in the community, they're super nice to each other. Like, but it's just one moment that you say something that they disagree with, they'll turn on them. And I'll also say that there are really good, some really good artists in there. I have not seen any writing that I really like, but there are some good So there's talent to be had. So there will be something you like in there, but it's just hard to get around. <laughs> like, I always feel like there's places for everybody. I don't like super in your face, um, social, like trying to revert social. Like, you know, just, I don't like being spoon fed, spoon, spoon fed stuff. But I understand there's a place for it and I understand uh, why it's there. But there's not a lot of people that are going to like that side of comic books either. <laughs> you know, like, just like everything in the world, there's two extreme sides of it. And then there's a lot of good stuff in the middle. You know, if you're into those extremes, they're there. Enjoy them. I'm not going to enjoy them, but they're there for you, I suppose. But there's a lot of good stuff in the middle. And um, the extreme voices are the loudest, but they're also the smallest. Um, so when you're in comic Twitter or you're in even uh, comic TikTok or comic Instagram, the majority of the community is going to be super supportive. They're going to help you find things that you want, that you're into. They're going to find, help you find artists that you're into, help you find different books, different anything that you're into. But there's, you always got to know there's people out there trying to gatekeep whatever your nerd thing is. And you just got to learn how to just let it go right off you don't give it any kind of thought because they just want to make people stop liking what they like so it stays stagnant so they can always have it or they just want to ruin something you like because they get off on it and it's fun i guess not for me but some people are like that see i made it a downer again how did i make it a downer again what uh here's one hey my friend jason Pell writes comic books they're, they're great. Uh, the reason I got back into comic books was because of this guy. He was older than me. He owned the records, uh, the movie store that was in my town, him and his best friend, Willie, who's also a really good friend for me. Um, I started talking to him, ended up hanging out a lot. They go to, they would go to Chicago Wizard World every year. Um, I was in 11th grade, so I talked to my mom about it, and they didn't, mom and dad didn't care, so I went with this, these dudes to Chicago Comic Convention, and I did it for like eight to ten years in a row after that. We all became super good friends. He started writing comics, so uh, we started getting booths in Artist Alley, started trying to sell us. I met a lot of people. Uh, Chicago um, Comic Con, uh, we were headed, they had a, um, there's some zombie movie that was coming out, so they had these makeup artists, right? So uh, my friend's book was Zombie Highway. So I went to this makeup artist and asked him if they could do like a zombie from the book. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So I was walking around in zombie makeup, handing out, uh, you know, little free issues or little flyers to people to come to our booth and stuff like that. 
So there's a thing over the PA. Hey, everybody, it's Jim Lee's 40th birthday. And I've already told you that Jim Lee was one of my heroes growing up. He illustrated my childhood. Um, and I, I still love Jim Lee. Um, Jim Lee's 40th birthday. Everyone comes to the middle, sing him happy birthday. So I was like, well, I'm definitely going to go sing Jim Lee happy birthday. I went and inquire if my <laughs> all through high school to not have Jim Lee hear these pipes. <laughs> so, you know, it's a huge circle. It's like everybody in the convention. It's huge. And everyone's just singing happy birthday to Jim Lee. And there's this big, huge cake. You know, happy birthday, Jim Lee. Happy birthday to you. Blows out the candles. Without looking, without hesitation, he says, hey, zombie, come here. He pointed to me. And, like, it's a good thing that I had all this makeup on. I looked, I probably went completely white. I was like, oh, <laughs> Jim Lee, oh, my God. And he just comes up. He's like, hey, man, liked your makeup? Uh, he says, what do you got? And I said, oh, my friend wrote a comic. And I gave him a free comic, said happy birthday. And he said, here, man, take the first piece of my cake. And he cut a piece of birthday cake and gave it to me. So I was served by Jim Lee, like one of my biggest heroes in the world, a piece of birthday cake. And it was just like the coolest thing that ever happened to me at a conference. Oh, it was, it was so cool. And something like that would not have happened if it wasn't for comic books. Like, it was just, I, I don't even, I, I've met so many famous people because of that. Because when you have a booth, you go in early and people just walk around and talk, you know. And uh, I've met so many people because of them, because of Pell and Willie, because of Jason Pell. And uh, because of comics, I've just met here people that I idolize. It's so cool. And, uh, you know, I always in my head think I'm super cool about it. I'm probably not. <laughs> but, but in my head, I am. I'm like the coolest motherfucker around. <laughs> I met Billy West once. Oh, man, I held that together. It was, it was hard. <laughs> He's a, uh, he, I don't know, he was a voice actor. He did like Ren and Stimpy, and he does a lot of, very, he, he did, he was Frog from Futurama, like, and I was just walking around the convention, and he was like, hey, man, that was before they opened. He's like, what time is it? And I was just like, holy crap, Billy West is asking me the time. <laughs> like, like, well, Mr. West, it's uh, <laughs> arm shaking as I'm trying to look at it. And uh, then we just talked like 20 minutes before the thing opened. Just never once, like, huge fan, blah, blah, blah. He just wanted to talk, so I just sat and talked to him, and it was so cool, man. Like, And that is all thanks to geek cultures, thanks to liking comic books in my aspect, but, I mean, movie stuff's there, like, there's a lot of good stuff to be found just by indulging in a hobby that you like. Um, and you can meet some really cool people. I met you. You're a cool dude. I met Tony. He's a cool guy. Um, how would I have ever met you? Like, we're continents away from each other, dude. Like, but, <laughs> I mean, here we are. And it's all because of comics about, or nerdy stuff in general. Like... I don't know, there's, I guess that was my story, but I loved it, <laughs> personally. <laughs>
available on the Comics in Motion feed. Geek is a super dummy production for Fantastic Universes. Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk. You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasticuniverses. And uh, it might sound really weird, but a lot of this thanks I have to give to a pandemic too, because this wouldn't have happened if I didn't get stuck in my house for a year and join Twitter and learn that there was all these cool people out there. Like I've met some really cool people thanks to comic book Twitter, which is so weird to say, but um, I've met a couple people that I genuinely think are friends that I talk to outside of it now, even though we're states apart or something, you know, like I join in on uh, people's YouTube video, uh, YouTube lives and stuff now. And just, I don't know, it's fun. It's just something to do. And uh, something I have a lot of knowledge about. I had a teacher once tell me that I know more about fake universes than I do about our own history. <laughs> Which is probably true. <laughs> I, I can go back to like the beginning of Marvel. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but I have so many holes in U.S. history. And, you know, not even U.S. history, world history, because I don't know how it is there, but here, you get taught very little world history. You get taught U.S. history. Everything else is very, very minimal, and it's only how it is pertained to the U.S. And a lot of it, it's uh, U.S. looking really good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd say I know a lot more about uh, about fake universe history than I do about our own world's history. A lot of that might be due to our education, but also I said I watch a lot of documentaries. I do a lot of studying, so I'm pretty. I watch a lot of BBC news. I like to stay up to date on what's going on there. I was, I was all in the Brexit stuff. It was parroting what was going on here, you know? It was so similar. When you look at uh, Boris Johnson, you look at Trump, it, the similarities were comical, you know? <laughs> so, at least to me. But, and, uh, and I got into it. And like, as this point as you know, if I got into it, <laughs> I gave a good portion of my life. <laughs> it makes me a jack of all trades though. Any uh, restaurant that I've, worked at i've also been the electrician and the plumber and stuff like that too just because i learned how to do it use the knowledge i guess like i said it might take me a million times longer than a professional doing it but i'll get it done <laughs> um yeah but this is all fun man 